Good morning again, everyone. Welcome. Thank you for being here. We are been going through the book of Second uh, Timothy. Actually, um, started a little bit toward uh, the back of the book and worked our way back. <laughs> so forgive me that. Um, I titled this message "Can't We Can't Fool God?" And how many already knew that? Yeah, I'm sure you did. But I wanted something that you maybe you could remember. Oh, what was the title of this message? So as my wife and I were talking, it's like, I, I, bet, I bet you hardly, you know, it's like hard to remember what, he's, what the pastor's been preaching. And uh, he says, yeah, I can't, I can't remember a thing. You know, I said, oh, really? It's like, oh, I can't even remember. So I have to be reminded. <laughs> I have to remind myself. I have to remind myself, what, what, was, I, what was I talking about? And anyway, so... A little bit of review. Paul is in prison while he's actually writing this letter. He wrote this letter while he's in prison. He could have been moping around and really down in the dumps, discouraged, thinking only about what problems he has and kind of over, you know, life sets and sometimes we get, we get clouded over by what the problem is and we can't see the Lord. We, don't, we have a hard time seeing through all the chaos, all the problems, and seeing the Lord Jesus yeah, we know he's there. Yeah, we know he's good. Yeah, we know he's blessing. But sometimes, okay, what about me, Lord? It reminds me of a song that Horton used to sing. Uh, it's me again, Lord. Or what about, uh, used to sing something like that. Yeah. You'll have to remember, remind me. <laughs> Maybe you can think of it. Anyway. We kind of ended up in the second chapter about verses 18, 19. I want to start about there just to kind of pick up on a statement where, where I'm coming from. Verse 19. Nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands, having this seal, the Lord knows those who are his. He knows your name. He knows who you are. And if you have looked to him and you have believed on the Lord Jesus, you become one of his. And the seal is representative of the Holy Spirit that you have received through your faith, through grace, you have been saved, sealed. And in other words, he is coming back for those are his. He will not leave us as orphans. He will not leave us here on this earth to be alone. And Jesus says to his disciples that they were struggling with the fact when he was talking about leaving them when he was on the earth, I'm going to leave you because I'm going to go and if I don't go, the helper can't come and the helper is the Holy Spirit. He will come and he will be with you, and he will teach you, and he will guide you. He will be your comfort. He will be the one who empowers you. That's good news. So when you look at these verses, we think, Lord, the Lord knows those who are his. Everyone in the world who has Jesus in their heart is his. Every tribe, tongue, nation shall be rep representative. That's our prayer. 
That's God's, God's heartbeat. That every tribe, and yet there are so many tribes, yet there are so many people that have never yet heard an adequate witness of the message of Jesus Christ. And see, we are so blessed. We think, we think, oh, well, we live in America. A lot of people, they know, but no. We live in a fallen America. We have drifted overall. We are challenged today to keep being the church. This is where I'm going with this. You and I have been called out, chosen, his name is, you know, he, we live, the seal is on our heart. We are his, he is ours, and he has brought us to this point at this time, in this season of the world, to be such a light, as such as a light, and be the salt of the earth. Well, sometimes we say, well, what can we do as small as we are? Or what can I do as insignificant and timid. We bring all these excuses. Never underestimate the power of one man praying. Right? A man after God's heart. And let me ask myself and you this question. What am I doing to pursue God? How am I pursuing, am I pursuing God? And in essence, that is our calling. To know him. To seek after his heart. So, all of a sudden, what happens then, we take on his heartbeat. We take on his value system. We take on that which is characteristic of the Lord himself. And all of a sudden, we begin to act like Jesus, wouldn't it be a good thing if the church would act like Jesus? You would agree, I'm sure. It would be a good thing for the saints to act as if they knew God, really know God, and not just know about him. And there's a difference. We all struggle. We all struggle, as Hebrews says, be careful lest you drift. Be careful lest you become slack. Nonchalant, is that a word? Comfortable, casual. And Paul reminds Timothy to stir up the gift of God, all you firewood people. You know what, it, what I'm talking about. You stir up the coals, you bring air, you breathe. It begins to come to life. And you put wood on the fire for the lack of wood, the fire goes out, right? That's the proverb. Now, number one, the real church. The real church are those who are walking with God. The real church are those who have the humility, the presence of the Lord living within them. They have the helper that is guiding them within. They have been given the power 
to rise above the enemy. They have been given the power to pray even strongholds by the authority of Jesus Christ to come down. Strongholds are the enemy that he tries to encompass and come, come against us. The devil has always been messing with the church. Because he knows that's where the that's where God wants, that's the vehicle God has raised up to change the world or to build his kingdom. I will build my church, Jesus said. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. What, what is it that makes us real? What is it that makes us different from any other so-called group? What is the difference of this body meeting together as someone meeting in another place in a different form? The difference is because of the heart whom we are seeking after the Lord. We have a common denominator through Christ who brings in the presence, who brings in, oh, in the book of Acts, they were so excited. Every time they were looking forward to meet, they had this expectancy that something good was going to happen in their meeting and their prayers. Extraordinary miracles happened in the book of Acts. We read these verses, verse 20, we pick it up from there. Paul gives an example of a large house. Now in a large house, there are not only go. I don't know whose house he's thinking about. It's obviously not my house, but there's no, there isn't any gold vessels in my house. Gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of wood and earthenware, and some to honor and some to dishonor. What in the world is he talking about? So in this realize, I think he's kind of going in the direction of the church, of the body of Christ. There will always be a few. Well, you wonder how they got here. Now, I'm not, we're not the judge, right? God knows every heart. But look at the scriptures. Remember the parable that Jesus talked about when the wheat and the tares the tear were sold? Some, the enemy sold tares. And, and the man said, well, what if you go out and we told him, we'll pull them out of there. We'll pull them out. They said, no, 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 no. Wait, lest you uproot the wheat with the tares. And so here's the deal. We are all in process Of becoming more like Jesus. And sometimes when we start out, when we start out, we have a few things that need to we need to work on, right? Sometimes and probably many times and most of the time, even as far as we have come, we still have a few things God is working on, right? And so what what it comes down to is. Admitting my need, admitting my weakness before the Lord, and realizing, oh, I can't change myself. Oh, I, no matter how hard I try, I keep failing or falling. And so, Lord, Lord change me. Lord created me a clean heart. Lord 
make me what I ought to be, even help my doubt or my unbelief. At times we struggle because we only see the water and the waves, and we are going under. And we think, oh Lord, again, I cannot even make it on my own. Any ministry that's going to make it, any ministry, any, any outreach that's going to make it, it's going to need a lot of people praying, gathering, and purposely, intensely approaching the throne of God. I believe God is always up to something. In communities, he's already working on people. He's already working, talking to people, and they may not even realize it, but you may come along and water and courage. You may come along and cultivate, spur, encourage that person on. The church needs to be intentional. The church needs to be uh, real. I like it when people that they trust and talk about what some challenges. I mean, you know the, the enemy, when you become a Christian, you become a target. The enemy does not like you. He never really didn't like you in the first place. He just felt, felt well, I, that, that, I got that person. That's no big deal. Oh, what's happening? Oh, oh, the Oh, they found these. Oh, they found the Lord. Oh, my goodness. So now he tries to bring something against you. He tries to drag something in. He tries to bring accusation. That's one of his clever the accuser. Oh, look what you've done. You're, you think you're a good Christian. You, you know, you listen. When Jesus comes into our heart, God sees us through Jesus. We are made perfect, we are complete. The song that we sung. The blood, the blood of Jesus. Behold him there, the risen lamb, my perfect spotless righteousness. That song is full of theology and depth. When he looks at us, he sees there is, that's mine. He is here, she is mine. They've been bought with a price. He's, he or she is, is a real thing. And they have chosen me. And therefore, I can honor that person. Therefore, I can bless that person. Therefore, they humble themselves. And then I can raise them up. And I've been reading, plowing my way through Ezekiel in my Bible, regular Bible reading. Oh, you plow through it. You say, wow, wow. Well, this is just, this, this would be hard to preach on Sunday morning. It was all this. It's a lot of judgment, a lot of parables that speaks toward Israel and their unfaithfulness. But through all, all the judgment, that if you read and you look, but, but if you change, but if you confess your sin, but then there is forgiveness. Only when we acknowledge our sin, God wants to save people. But they have to be willing to say, I'm a sinner. 
And that's all it takes. God moves in. God's on it. And you become a vessel then that is honored. Honored. There's another way to look at this. I'm not saying this is exactly what, what Paul was had in mind at this place in Timothy. Now in another place in 2 Corinthians, he talks about a treasure that is in an earthenware vessel. Now that is an image of a vessel that is that is easily be, can be broken, as we all know. We're pretty fragile when it comes right down to it, right? We can only withstand so much. But the real treasure is Jesus in it. You have this treasure in earthen vessels that the surpassing greatness of the power may be of God and not from ourselves. We are, it's not about what we can do, it's about what Christ can do. And you and I, the real church, have chosen to open their hearts to the Lord and say, here I am, the real church walks in humility, the real church has compassion on others. The real church understands that there is a process that we are becoming more like him. And don't give up on people and don't give up on yourself. One of the ways that is very... Uh, Challenging these days, one of the things that's very challenging right now for many pastors is discouragement. What will stop ministries and ministers, and when I say ministers, anyone that reaches out, what, will, what the enemy would try to do is bring discouragement. And he's done it so many times. So how do we encourage ourselves in the Lord? Forsake not the assembling. That's one of the forsake not the assembling all the more. Hebrews talks about all the more. As you see the final day of pro, uh, all the more. You mean you mean to tell me that when we get closer to the end, we need to get together more? What, why is that? What's that all about? Because you're going to need to be more encouragers, encouraging others, praying with each other, building each other up in the faith, hearing the word of God. So. Number one was real people, the real church. Number two, as we slip now into this kind of this leadership in the church, leadership. When I say leadership, I'm talking, well, first of all, we're all called to God. We're all called to minister to the Lord. We're all called to be a witness. We know that. And some are called to teach. Some are called to preach. Some are called to go. Some are called to be stayers, supporters. Ministry is the greatest calling, one of the greatest, probably the greatest. When you're called to God, you can't get greater than that. Ministry has also, on the other hand, has had some of the hardest gut-wrenching challenges that there ever could be. Because after all, we're all Christians and we should be able to behave get along, and I'm not saying anyone is not getting along here. We are all perfect. They're all just wonderful saints. 
But you will be tested. Jesus loved wherever he went. Jesus loved people. Jesus ministered to people. Jesus healed people. Jesus fed people, and they crucified him. Why? Well, that was in the plan of God, of course, but still, the emphasis needs to be, I'm a servant called by God. Take, take the spotlight off of myself. Here's what helps me in the ministry. God, Jesus, these are your And I'm only here as an under-shepherd. You're the great shepherd. But I have responsibility. What is my main responsibility? Is to know you. So that I can help others to know you. See what I'm getting at? My responsibility is not to fix people, but to turn their attention to the one who really can transform people. Because we can tell people what they're doing wrong all day and through we're blue in the face, and you will get nowhere. I don't know about you, but when somebody tells me something, Ah, you're doing this wrong. You just can't do this right. You just want to kind of quit. Right? But God has a way of, no. Wins you over. Shows you his mercy, his grace. All of a sudden, you start to feel there's, there's a love beyond what he could ever imagine. And all of a sudden, he starts to, change my want to or my not wanting to to my want and want to. I don't want to go over to that place and minister. I don't want to call. I don't, you know. And all of a sudden as you spend time with the Lord you see, I am feeling called. And what will keep you in fresh, keep you going in times Stress is knowing that he's called you. And if nothing else, he's called you to know him and bring your heart before him so that others might see Jesus. Not only just hear about Jesus, but they might actually see the person of Jesus living in you and I. What will change our community, what will make a difference in families and young people, places where, they're, where they're, the structure of the home is being challenged, is where there would be an example of family of God, a person of God that would demonstrate what it is. And so leaders, as Peter wrote, in another place, leaders, pastors need to prove to be examples. They lead by example. And I could never 
expect my people to do what I'm not doing. I should never preach on something that I'm not willing, uh, that I'm not doing myself. So I've encouraged, I'm encouraged. See, here's the deal, it works both ways. You encourage me, I encourage you. Right? You encourage so-and-so, then they are encouraged by that. It works, it's a great cycle. So it's a calling. Peter talked about this shepherding the flock. Talked about not lording over. He talked about uh, not doing it for show. He taught, he's trying to, in the idea that we are to lead because we, 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 we are feeling the calling of God. When I was 21, 22, and I felt the call of God in my life, what I, meant, what I mean by that is that there was this longing to know him that came, began to come upon me. Longing to know him. And the only way I was going to get to know him was to read his word more and spend quiet time with him, and develop and cultivate a prayer life. But for me, it was to spend five minutes was like, wow, I can't even keep my train of thought here in five minutes. And I had to work at it. I had to work at it. And you wanted to do so many things. You, see, sometimes sitting at the feet of Jesus, you feel like, we're just kind of wasting time here. Lord, nothing's happening. And here's the problem with that. There needs to be a balance. There's places to do, 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 do. But there's also a place to wait on him. So the church needs to understand that leadership is God's uh, way of helping other people. The leader is to help people know Jesus, point them to Christ. Thirdly, the church needs to emphasize, stick to, not get caught up, in subjects that really are questionable. Maybe the word isn't so clear on it. The value of the word in the church, if I fail to preach the word of God, then I fail God. That's the way I look at it. If I fail to proclaim the whole scripture. Then I feel like I'm letting down my calling. Now, chapter 3, if, if you have a memory like an elephant, it was several weeks, maybe even a month ago, that I preached through these verses. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time. I'm trusting you are familiar but when you read chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, you say, this is exactly what's happening in the world today. This is what's exactly been happening in the world since Adam and Eve. And your whole list is there. Lovers of self, lovers of money, on and on and on, arrogant, disobedient, the parents... 
Bottom line, lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of love. We are all challenged to keep God on the throne of our hearts, sticking to the word of God. And actually, you know what actually has helped the church? Persecution. What do you mean? That's a bad thing. It is. But it kept a lot of Christians on their toes. It's kept them on their knees. I don't know about you, but I've sensed this for a few few months, even years, that the church is going to experience persecution before it all is over. So in some way, there's a per- even now, you, you look across, especially other places and other parts of the world, you would not, you could not convince them. Otherwise, they were like, they feel they're in the Great Tribulation. There are places where they're, they're being beheaded, they're being tortured. And no wonder, when they talked about the second coming in Thessalonians, how much a comfort that was. So it was in the early church, it was persecution even in the beginning of the early church in a great way. Why should we think we're going to escape? Now, I believe that God is going to catch us out of here. I do believe that. I've held to that. Before the great tribulation does set in, he will always take care. But if it comes to, if, I, if it doesn't happen, I'm still going to win. Because if death comes to the believer, you are stepping into the beginning of, of your real life. And so we win. We're going to win this battle no matter what. You may, win, you may lose a few things along the way. You may, you may cross that finish line dragging, battered, crippled. But you're going to make it. It's not about how quickly you can run or how much you can get done. It's just simply being you and God and faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful. What he wants, what you want to hear is these words, enter into the joy of thou good, faithful servant. Hmm. Persecution, verse 12, chapter 3. Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Right? You know what the attitude was in the early church about persecution? When they got beat up, thrown in jail? Wow, we were considered worthy of being beat up for Jesus. It was their mindset. But the word of God is going to get us through. The more of the word of God you have in your heart, you're going to be able to rise above. And you're going to have the sword of the spirit. When that old devil comes to get at you, you can take that sword of the spirit, the word of the thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. You are under my feet. I will... Declare Jesus, I will not bow down to them. The words gotta be important, it's gotta be the value because it's Jesus 
who is the Word, as He is. And He will come back to get His people, coming back to get His own, those who have been sealed, those who have given. So Paul is encouraging Timothy, the things you have learned, even as a child, the things that you were you understood that led you to salvation in verse 15, verse 14, 15, to continue in the things you have learned. And then he said, all scripture, and we have a problem in our land today. We have a shift in authority, in the authority of God's word. Where they are being challenged, people say, well, that's just an old, that's just an old book. That's just kind of a, it's more than an old book. It is the word of God. How do you know? Because it's the word of God that changed me. When I went to Bible school, it helped me, it encouraged me, but it was the word of God that changed me. And the word of God will help keep it's going in the right direction. If we hold to it, don't let, don't let it fade. Don't let the lamp of the word of the Lord is a lamp under your feet, right? Don't let that lamp go dim. Keep, we sang about an incense day and night, Old Testament story. That was the the, the priest's responsibility to keep the incense going before the Lord. The prayers and revelations talks about this incense that the Lord is the prayers of the saints. So, I think we should sing it again. This song, worthy of it all. The Lord knows those who are his. The Lord has leaders, and you and I are called to be in places, in positions, even in the workplace, in the community, that you are given an opportunity. And then the word of God is that which is you're going to stand, you're going to stand upon, you're going to, you're going to live it out. Let me switch back the mics here. I used to think, well, being a saint was someone who was perfect. Amen? Someone who was perfect. It's not going to be a perfect saint. But we're going to be perfect through Christ.